Hey, thanks for joining me today on Build Your Tribe. I am Shalene, your co-host. Brock Johnson is absent today, but he will be back shortly. Today, I wanted to talk to you about something that really makes the most sense for me to handle this subject because it's something I've got a lot of experience with, and that is working with agencies. Now, I feel like I need to do an additional episode talking about what it takes to find the right agencies when you know or how to know if in fact it's time for you to hire one. So do me a favor and send me a message on Instagram. Let me know if in fact you would like an episode to offer some tips on choosing the right agency because that's a whole nother thing. But let's just assume today that you've hired an agency or you're working with a consulting firm. You might feel like, ah, finally we did it. We picked someone. We've decided on a company we want to go with, and you've got these romantic ideals of what it's going to be like. You know, there's a part of us when we hire an agency where we're like, oh, phew, finally, I don't have to deal with the Instagram ads, or thank goodness, I don't have to handle this piece of the business, you name it, whatever that might be. But the reality is, the tough work has really just begun. This is a relationship, and all relationships take work. This week, a close friend of mine who's also an entrepreneur reached out to me, just kind of like frustrated and depressed and annoyed and discouraged because yet another agency that she had hired, she was going to have to let go of. And for me, it was kind of surprising, a little bit surprising, because just maybe three or four weeks earlier, she had recommended that agency to me and said they were just remarkable She was so excited. It was unlike any other agency she'd ever worked with before. She was so hopeful, so encouraged by what it was we were bringing to the table. So to have this quick of a turnaround was a bit of a surprise. What wasn't a surprise is the pattern. So this is a frequent pattern I see not just with her, but with a lot of entrepreneurs where you'll hire an agency, you work with them for a little while, then... As with most relationships, you realize they can't or are not performing some of the promises and following through on some of the things that they told you they would be able to do. And because agencies are often quite costly, they can be. They shouldn't cost you money, but they can be an investment. And we're going to talk in a moment about how it is you can make sure that the relationship is profitable. But because it does require an investment, If things aren't going well, unlike an employee or a staff member or a team member where you're thinking to yourself, okay, I've invested a lot of time with this person. We went through the interviewing process. I've trained them. I've been coaching them. They've been here a long time. Oh gosh, it would be a real headache to have to try to bring somebody else on and to have to run ads. And especially in, you know, the times that we're in right now with the pandemic, it's difficult to bring somebody into your environment, to engross them into the culture of your workplace when most of us are working remotely. So in those instances, we are often like, oh, okay, I'm just going to really work a little harder with this person, as opposed to a consulting relationship where when things don't go well, it's really easy to just go, all right, well, let's just not renew our contract. Let's end this contract. It's pretty easy. And that is definitely one of the pros of working with consultants and agencies. However, it can be just as costly and just as frustrating and just as inconvenient to hire yet again another agency as it is to hire yet again another employee. And I often find that entrepreneurs are quick to cut their consultants, cut their agencies, instead of 
trying to work through things. So in this episode, let me get to the tips that I think are going to really improve the relationships that you have and hopefully make your agencies a more profitable proposition for you. Number one, my number one tip for you is to make sure you have one person who's the point person on your team who's assigned to number one, be in contact with the agency and to make sure that they are fulfilling on their contract. You know, the agency that you're working with will likely have an account manager and that account manager is likely their point of contact for your business. This is the person who will be assigned to your business. And if that is the wrong person, Again, rather than canceling your consultation or your agency contract, talk to them about finding someone who's a better fit. But the same is true for you. You need someone on your team, if it's not you, who is responsible for this relationship. They are the point person. This means they're going to need to be on meetings. They're going to need to review milestones and make sure that they are their meeting objectives and that they're performing. My number two tip for you is to approach this relationship just as you would a team member, meaning you've got to create personal connections. I often hear from consultants and agencies that the companies that they work with, their point person might be short, might not be as patient or as kind or as respectful or as courteous in their communications because they're like, well, it's an agency, they work for us, and we can get rid of them at any point. It's almost like we expect them to when we say jump, they're supposed to say how high. But all people are people. And we're all going to do better when we develop personal connections on both sides. So how do you create these personal connections? The same way you would any other individual that you're working with. It's getting to know all of the players who are on their team, all the people who are involved with your project, all the people who are assigned from the agency to serve your company. It's like understanding, all right, who's doing what? For example, we hired a Facebook ad agency and they had one person who was in charge of writing the content. And they had another person who was in charge of finding and creating and producing video content that worked with the ads. And then they had yet a third person who was in charge of looking at target audiences and figuring out how to put our ads in front of you know, the right demographic on Facebook. And then there was a fourth person who was in charge of the account. And then a fifth person who was in charge of kind of overseeing the campaigns and looking at spend and all of these things. So there were a lot of people involved with this Facebook agency. And I wanted to know all of them. Now, at the time, we weren't in a lockdown. So what I would have to do today is just jump on a Zoom call And not only did I want to know them, but I wanted them to know me and I wanted to create those personal connections. I wanted to know who they are and I I want to like them because we just work harder for people who we like, which leads me to my number three tip, which is to help the agency or the consulting firm really understand your brand. Now, we put together a brand deck, that's what I like to call it, which is, it's a PowerPoint presentation or a keynote presentation, if you will, that it just goes through the process of explaining everything about our brand, the verbiage, the language that our brand uses, the colors, the logos, the fonts, the imagery, the things our brand wouldn't say, the things our brand stands for, everything about the brand. It's not just logo, it's not just colors, it's the story, it's why we created this brand 
Now we have several different businesses. So we're in the process, I should say, of creating a brand deck for each and every business that we own because it's important. So let's say we're working with an agency, a Facebook agency, an agency that runs Facebook ads, and we provide for them the brand deck for Phase It Up. Well, the brand deck for Phase It Up, the language that we use in Phase It Up doesn't match exactly the language, the subtle nuances that we use in the brand, the Marketing Impact Academy. Even though those are brands or businesses that we own, they are separate businesses that target very different customers, that have different objectives, they need to use different language, different font, everything needs to be different. And that's why the more time you invest upfront, helping your agency really understand everything about this particular brand that they'll be working on, the greater the return you will see in that relationship. You know, if it's possible, you want them to use your product, to use your service, You don't just want them to understand it. You want them to get hooked on it. You want them to fall in love with it. And that's going to take your own personal time. You can't just send them a branding deck and say, you know, hey, flip through these slides and you'll really understand our brand. Like we would schedule in-person or face-to-face meetings where I will, you know, spend at least an hour talking about my firsthand experience in creating this brand, why it's so important. I'll share customer testimonials. I'll share what makes us unique. And and when they can hear your passion and they can understand the brand, no matter what it is, whatever type of agency you're working with, whether it's an agency that's running Facebook ads for you or doing email campaigns, or perhaps they're putting on a live event or a, a virtual live event. Maybe it's an agency that does search engine optimization or Facebook ad campaigns. It doesn't matter. If it's an agency that you're working with, it's your responsibility to help them fall in love with your brand before you start. The fourth tip is to set very clear expectations in writing up front. And we've learned this one the hard way. We've done phone calls and meetings in person to talk about expectations, but skipped the rather tedious step of literally word by word line by line, outlining all expectations and even the smallest little thing like, okay, so who's in charge of writing the copy? That might seem like a small thing, like who's actually writing the copy? Is that you or is that us? And that might seem small, but that could mean a whole nother person that could change the expense that you have to invest on your side or their side. So those kinds of things, everything, everything needs to be spelled out Number one. And number two, it's got to go in writing with very specific clauses so that if these expectations are not being met, then the contract doesn't get renewed on both ends. All right. My fifth tip for you is to never skip out on those creative meetings. Most importantly, as you are beginning to form your relationship, it's really tempting to hire an agency and to feel like, okay, so I shouldn't have to deal with this anymore. That's why I'm paying you to do this. But if you take that approach, especially in the beginning, it rarely works out because there are these subtle, tiny nuances, little things that you understand about the brand. And don't forget, don't forget you're working with an agency's employees, which is very different from someone who's a CEO. Like if you're the CEO of the company, I mean, you've got chutzpah. You understand your brand. Like you're probably really good at marketing and 
you know that you would use this word or not that word, or that you would use this image and not that image, or that you know this term works and that one doesn't, depending on the type of agency you're working with, you still have a lot of expertise. It might not be the thing that you should be spending your time on, and so I want to commend you for hiring an agency to handle this, but you still have a lot of intel because up until now, you've been doing this. So you do have a pretty good sense of what works and what doesn't work. For example, we're working with an agency who's helping us to do some marketing for the Insta Club Hub. We're doing some Facebook ads, some Instagram ads. And I think I missed probably one of those creative meetings that we had around advertising. And then I followed up on the following week when we were going over numbers and taking a look at like what ads were working. And I just said, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So, you know, we're looking at numbers and they were not good. And I said, what ad are we running? Can I see the creative for it? And the moment I looked at the creative, I knew like, oh, our customer's not going to respond to that. It's the wrong ad. We're identifying the wrong pain point. It's the wrong language. And they're subtle. They're subtle things, but those subtle things make a ginormous difference in your advertising. And it wasn't that they had done anything wrong. I had done something wrong. I had missed that first creative meeting that made a big difference. And now we've got a killer ad sequence and it's a video ad and it's crushing. So, you know, it's not just about them. It's you too. And you've got to guide them in the beginning, which leads me to my number six tip, which is to create a process where you can communicate regularly. So if there's no system in place for communication between yourself or your point person and the sometimes number of people who are working on your business from the agency or the consulting firm, if there isn't a system in place, communication can become a mess. And we've experienced that firsthand. Currently, we use Slack, which is it's kind of like it's an app that's great for workspace. We use Slack for communication and we also use Asana for assignments. I don't love them. I'm going to be honest. I don't love either of these. I feel like there's probably something out there that someone right now is listening and going, oh, Shalene, get rid of both of those and try this. Okay, cool. Tell me about it. Because I don't love that we have to use two different apps. Like it would be so amazing if Slack and Asana or Bootcamp or whatever, you know, project management software you use, it would be wonderful if they had a baby. It's the instant communication of Slack that I love And I love the milestones and I love the ability to follow up and the project management that Asana affords. But we do have those two systems in place and without them, it would be a nightmare. You've got to be able to have a loop that you can provide them with feedback where they can generate ideas, where they can get input from you quickly, where you can ask questions, they can ask questions, and you can do all of this in a respectable way where you're, you know, sometimes when you're uh, an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, you're used to working like at 11 o'clock at night or or even eight o'clock at night. And that just doesn't fly with agencies who have, they have employees who, you know, they don't own the business. So it isn't right for you necessarily to be contact or to expect them to reply at eight o'clock at night. So you can put your message in Slack and they can look at it during business hours, but you definitely need a system to create that feedback loop. My number seven tip for you is, In that feedback loop, you want to make sure that you have very specific, spelled out processes 
for things that need approval. For example, I don't need to know every single word on every single blog for Phase It Up. Our registered dietitians, that goes through our program director, Ashley Sweeney. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see our email campaigns. But because SMS to me feels very personal and can feel very, very intrusive, that's something that's really important to me that I have approval of those text messages before they go out. And again, we learned this the hard way, you know, to make sure that I see what our customers are getting, I'm on our our list. So an SMS, a text went out to our list and I just, I cringed because I'm like, I wouldn't say it this way. I didn't like the way it sounded. I didn't like the way it felt. And most importantly, I didn't like the time that it arrived. It arrived at 6 a.m. on a Sunday, a text message. Now my phone's on do not disturb, but a lot of people's aren't. And I thought, this is just intrusive. And in the future, this is my fault because I didn't set up a process. I didn't tell people. I didn't tell the agency. All right, I need to know. I need to approve the time and every word that is in an SMS text. So just make a list of like what's important to you, what is critical. Sometimes you learn these things as you go, as a mistake is made. But don't get rid of the agency because of that mistake because it can be fixed. We'll talk about that in a moment. Number eight is make sure that you do have regularly scheduled meetings and not just with your point person and the agency, but with you, the point person and the agency. And this is so important. Again, I've learned this the hard way. I have in the past appointed one person to be our point person for the agency and just allowed those meetings to happen, you know, just go, just go and and literally have gone a full year without having been in some of those update meetings. Wow, I did that when I was writing my book, The One Through One Method, and what a mess. You know, what you don't look at, what you're not checking in on, what you're not measuring, goes without any structure, doesn't get those corrections. We weren't allowed to course correct. Our relationship with one of our agencies had completely broken down. There was a personality conflict between our point person and the agency, by the way, that person no longer works for us. And the agency actually fired us. They said, we hate working with this person so much. We don't want your business. (laughs) Not good, right? Not good at all. And that's a pain and it costs additional money and it's wasted time. And it probably all could have been avoided. I'm going to take personal responsibility because that's what leaders need to do. And I should have found the time. I could have found the time. I hoped everything was going well. I was super over committed at the time and I just let it run its course. And wow, did that bite me in the butt. But the good news is it helped us to develop a whole new way of working with agencies. And now, even if I do have a point person, I'm checking in sometimes with the agency without that point person. So I can make sure, are they happy with us? Are we doing a good job? is this the right point person? And then sometimes I'll check in with my point person, the person on my team who is in charge of working with that agency. And do you feel like we have the right agency? And you know, you're kind of being a go-between and then sometimes all of us come together and that's really important. My number nine tip for you is this. Remember that you, they're people and they have other clients. They have multiple clients. And if they're a great agency, Yes, you have hired them. No, you don't work for them, but you have to work together. 
And you have to remember that a successful agency, people who are really good at what they do, they've got more than one client. And, you know, how do they prioritize their work? Well, they probably prioritize it according to time constraints, but also they're going to work with the clients who they like the best, the clients who are respectful and polite and recognize their efforts. So you've got to treat them with respect and you have to understand that their attention is also likely divided. So something that feels very, very urgent for you, which can happen sometimes, might not be an urgent situation for them. You might not get their immediate attention. And you just have to decide if, in fact, that will work for you. Now, I recently had an experience where I was working with a consultant on a project and it was really, really important that the whole project kind of centered around Black Friday and, you know, the sales between two weeks before Thanksgiving all the way up through the first of the year. And there was this period of seven days where we couldn't reach this person. And that became a problem because it was a really critical time. Like we literally could not reach them for seven days. Do we terminate the relationship? Well, we decided not to. Instead, we decided to figure out where the breakdown in communication was, why it was we didn't realize that was a period of time that they were going to be gone and what we would need to do moving forward. And it helped us to adjust the parameters of that relationship moving forward. But there have been other times where, oh my gosh, it's a late Saturday night, something breaks with the website, we get a notification from Google that we've been hacked or you know something to that extent. And I'll reach out to a consulting firm, someone who's maybe helping us with our web security and I have to remember, like, I'm going to reach out to them, but I might not hear back from them because they're not an employee, they're not staff, and they have other clients, and they have a life. And I just have to keep that in mind. Because of that, there are certain types of agencies where I need to make sure when we talk about our expectations up front, I need to make sure, can I, in an emergency, is there someone we can reach 24 hours a day? I'm not saying it's going to be resolved in that time, but how responsive are you? can we expect you to be? And these are questions you want to ask up front. But once you know those things, it makes it so much easier. And then once it's been established, you just have to remember that you are not their only client. And the easier you are to work with, the more likely they are to prioritize your work over another client's. Okay, my 10th and final tip I think is my most important one. And it's this. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So many entrepreneurs struggle to keep a quality member of their team on staff. So many of you have massive turnover, like you're constantly having to hire new people and then you end up taking the work back on yourself and then struggling to find the time to you know, conduct more interviews and hire someone. And, and the same can be true of your agencies. As I mentioned with this friend of mine and other entrepreneurs who I know they kind of go through agencies regularly because they hire an agency, they lay out their expectations, the agency tells them what they can do for them, and then the relationship begins. And as with all things, most people overpromise what they can deliver. Maybe they're overestimating their ability. Maybe your definition of exceptional copywriting or your definition of successful ad campaign is different from what they've said they could provide. You know, fill in the blank on whatever it is they said they can provide. My personal experience has been this. Let's say they say there's 10 different things that they are just going to kill it for you in these 10 different areas. They're going to bring these 10 different skill sets 
to the relationship. My personal experience has been that it is a great relationship if they can actually meet my expectations in seven of those areas. More often than not, it's more like six. Okay, so if they're getting six out of 10, should I then go and try to find another agency that can do it better? My personal opinion is no. What I do then is sit down because we put everything in writing in advance. We'll talk about what expectations have not been met. But more importantly, I will make it very clear where they have exceeded my expectations, where we're really happy about working with them. And then I'll put in their court and say, you know, we want to continue working with you. We don't want to end this relationship. Here's what was promised. Here's where we we don't feel like you've met the mark and we need to fill in the gap. So how can we modify this arrangement? How can we modify our agreement financially? And every single time without fail, an agency has come back to us and said, okay, that's fair. Let's readjust. And oftentimes when I talk to entrepreneurs who have yet again let go of another agency, it's because they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Instead of salvaging a part of the relationship and creating a reduction in the contract or changing the terms of the contract, they just hightail it out of there and try to find another agency. And this advice applies to those of you who hire virtual assistants, those of you who hire team members. More than 20 years ago, I interviewed a gal, Brett and I did, when we owned Powder Blue Productions. And we interviewed this woman who we both looked at each other when she left and said, wow, we just hit the gold mine. This woman presented so well in her interview, we immediately hired her on the spot and we assumed she could be the new CEO of our company. Like she was so sharp and her skills that she presented were so phenomenal, our jaws just dropped and we're like, I cannot believe we found this gem. Well, lo and behold, it wasn't long before we realized she really didn't have very many of those skills. And every single week we were like, wow, there's another skill she doesn't have and another skill she doesn't have and another skill she doesn't have. But she did have some things that she could do exceptionally well, really, really well, things that we needed done. We just had hired her in the wrong position. So it meant talking to her about changing the role that she had with our company. And she stayed with us for I think at least another 10 years. In fact, she stayed with us until we sold Powder Blue Productions, sold that company. And she was an incredibly valuable member of our team. But she didn't meet the expectations that we had when we first hired her. That didn't mean we got rid of her. It meant that we just, we needed to adjust. And I think that's the most important thing you can do. Even with virtual assistants, there's been times where I'll hire a VA and they say they can do this, 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 and that. And it doesn't take long for us to figure out like, wow, they are really not good at this, but they have this other skill set that we need and we enjoy this person. So let's just shift responsibilities, change the pay, change the hours, whatever you need to do in order to maintain those relationships. The hardest thing you'll ever do is find good people. So if you can find good people who can do some good things, even if they're not the things they promised they could do, but they can do other things, let them do that. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Try your best to maintain these relationships. If any of the consultants that we are currently working with right now are listening to this episode, any of the agencies that we work with, and I'm not going to name them by name because I don't want their attention to be divided because they're just that good. They're great. I love the agencies that we work with right now. I feel so blessed. And it's because of these tips. And we've learned the hard way, but I'll tell you, it can just make life so much easier when you realize 
there are agencies and experts out there who it may take an investment up front and it might feel like a leap of faith, but you can set these relationships up so that they are paid based on performance. And you can't do that typically with an employee. That investment, if monitored carefully and you follow these tips, can help to 10x your business. So don't be afraid to make that leap. And as I said, if you'd like an episode where I explain to you some of the suggestions and tips that I have for finding the right agencies and and where you might want to look for agencies for your business, I'd be happy to do so. All you got to do is send me an Instagram. I'm at Shaleen Johnson. I'd love to know that you'd listen to this episode. Thank you for screenshotting the episodes and then sharing them with us on Instagram, Brock. And I love that. You guys are the best. Hey, it is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being here. We're done. I just want to mention to those of you who are on Instagram and trying to grow your Instagram, you probably know that Brock and I did a five-day challenge. It was $27, and it was insane. We had like 5,000 people go through it, and they were blown away. But what we've decided to do since then is for the very same price, offer people a 30-day experience. It's called Insta Club Hub. And it's for those of you who have a small following or a large following, you've got tons of questions about Instagram. It is everything you could possibly ever need to know about Instagram. We go live twice a month. If you miss the live, it's recorded. This is an amazing membership site where once you become a member, once you join, you can log in and like any question you have, you just type it in and it will populate an answer for you that Brock or I have created very recently. And if the answer doesn't pop up, then your question will be emailed to us and we'll either record a voicemail or a video or a written reply explaining to you how to do whatever it is. Like maybe you can't figure out how to get music on your reels or how do I get a swipe up if I don't have 10,000 followers or how do I put a link in my IGTVs? Like every question you could have, like how do I promote my products if I'm in a network marketing organization and I don't want to turn people off? How do I get new followers? Everything you could ever possibly need to know about Instagram is covered for you. You get two top Instagram experts for less than a dollar a day. Hey, I want you to check it out, okay? I know you'll love it. Go to instaclubhub.com. Again, it's instaclubhub.com. And I'd love to have you join us. Mm -hmm.